Ah, yes. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real with Chuck Ludy and the big fella. That's right, episode 15. We had a little week off last week. We just put the best to or the best of up. And uh, what a list of A-grade guests we have had on this podcast. We started at the uh, beginning of COVID, believe it or not. And we must head down to, uh, well, the man who is the mayor of uh, Mount Martha, Mount Eliza, wherever he wants to call it. Well, it's a big show. Oh, oh yeah, we say very good evening to Darren Chuck Berry. How are you, big fella? Very good, Matty. Uh, 15 shows in. I was hoping we might have lost that bullshit at the start, but you're continuing <laughs> with it, so I suppose I'm going to have to wear it now and... Uh, Yes, mate. Mount Eliza, not Mount Martha. You'd upset the locals here. There's a bit of rivalry. It's sort of, you know, Carlton Collingwood, Mount Martha, Mount Eliza. So I'm Mount Eliza, uh, where all the snobs live, and somehow I snuck in the back door in the cheap end. (laughs) We're going to get to the footy, too. I want to talk about your Saints shortly, but before we do that, let's get the other part of this program on the uh, show tonight. Former Naranda boy, former South Aussie cricketer, Big Bash superstar, Timmy Ludeman. How are you, Ludes? Stewie, very well, thank you. Who's Chuck Kidden? The mayor of bloody Frankston, I would have thought. What did they give him for that? Like a big white Commodore or something like that? <laughs> it's Frankston North too, isn't it, Ludie? Like it's He, he kind of calls <laughs> it Mount Eliza, but not according to a few of our guests. Listen, listen, you idiots. And again, I know you're going to introduce probably one of the biggest guests we've ever had in a minute, and we keep getting them, so we're very lucky. Uh, but this guest tonight grew up not far from where I grew up. And, uh, you know, I've told you before, my first 10 years were in a classy southeastern suburb of Melbourne in a place called Dufton. Uh, a lot of very nervous, nervous people. And the guest is not far away from there. So don't criticise Frankston just because you blokes are down in your little comfort zone down there on the... Surf Coast, Bellroom Peninsula, and yes, Warnable all the way down at the end of the earth. Uh, listen, I love this because uh, our guest, and, you know, he's obviously grown up near Chuck Ludy. Our guest is probably one of the toughest, the hardest blokes you'll ever meet. And old Chuck would be one of the softest. And he even told us about his little injury, which we'll talk about a little bit later on that he uh, copped today or yesterday, I should say. But uh, let's go to our guest. And I'm just going to play this little bit and it's going to give it away. But this bloke is. Is an absolute superstar, not only on the field but also off it. Sit back and enjoy this. Few modern players have grown to embody the heart and soul of their club quite like our next inductee. Glenn Archer played 311 games for North Melbourne. He is a three-time All-Australian, a dual Premiership player, and a Norm Smith medalist. But individual accolades don't quite explain exactly what Glenn Archer meant to the North Melbourne Football Club. Probably one of the most courageous players that ever played the game, someone who was always team first and someone who's prepared to support his teammates no matter what. Oh, I reckon that absolutely sums him up sensationally well. We say a very good evening to Glenn Archer. How are you, big fella? Not too bad, guys. How are you going? 
Mate, we are fantastic and uh, we appreciate you taking time. Uh, how is COVID life treating you, Arch? Uh, we hear it each and every week from uh, Chuck. He's been pretty down in the dumps, uh, you know, kind of being confined to the uh, the home spaces, mate. How's it going for you? Uh, well, I must admit, it's been a bit tough. I've, uh, I've got four business interests and they're all in hibernation at the moment. I've got an events business, events and travel. So that's that's not doing anything. I've got a uh, children's play centre closed. I've got a Sharon nightclub closed. I've got some uh, holiday rentals up in Byron Bay. No one's going there. So um, crazy. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the quadrilla. That, that is unbelievable. And Arch, that's unbelievable. Arch, I'm breaking I'm breaking protocol here. I'm supposed to wait till I get introduced. But your fifth <laughs> interest, your fifth. Your fifth interest, the North Melbourne Footy Club, they're also in hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not talking about them tonight, are we? <laughs> what, what? Hey, hey, boys, notice I said that from the comfort of my lounge room. I wouldn't have been brave enough to say it if we're in the studio with him. Well, what is that? Look, you know, look, it's been a tough year. It's an unusual year, isn't it, Arch? Uh, you know, no doubt you, yeah. you know, you're heavily involved in that football club, mate. Uh, you know, what what is the feeling like uh, amongst the team in that at the moment, buddy? Uh, oh, they're, they're doing it tough. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I, I really feel for them. I'm, I'm actually on the board. I'm the footy director. So I speak to the coach and the footy manager oh, every second day at the moment. Um and yeah, they they are doing it tough. And it, 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 you think about it, like when you're not doing well, you're losing games, um, uh, rubbish with injuries, and you're living in a hub. You can't get away from each other. Um, you're living in, in each other's back pockets. It's, yeah, they're they're doing it really tough. But I always look at the positives, and the the one positive that I'm really focusing on with us is we've got eleven really good kids. You know, you know that twenty-one and under, um, and really promising. Which I, I don't think we've had that. I can't remember the last time I've had that. So, um, yeah, no worries. We 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 have to we have to rebuild our list, but we can build it off a fairly well, a pretty good foundation with these young kids, anyway. Uh, Chuck, yeah, that was a shit out start from me, Arch. I'll take back that first question, <laughs> and we'll let that go through to the wicketkeeper. Um, just for our listeners, Arch, we will get to the amazing achievements of your career. And uh, But I wanted to take you back for our listeners to the early days. Recruited as a boy from Noble Park or Lindale, as I said, not too far from Dandenong and Dufton. But uh, yep. you arrived at North as a shy kid, 78 kilos. Can you remember those early days just briefly as, and then to think, shit, I went on and played 311 games and achieved what you have. We'll get to that. But the early days when you arrived at Arden Street, from Noble Park? Yeah, well, my entrance into the AFL was fairly unconventional. Um, well, they they still be under-19s back then. Uh, and I got asked to go down, I think it was about 1990, to do a pre-season. So coming from Noble Park, Lindale, um, I basically did whatever I wanted to do. If I wanted to train, I'd train. If I didn't want to train, I didn't train. Um, yep. But then somehow I got invited down there because I wasn't uh, an elite junior at all. I was, I was one of the good players, but I wasn't elite. Um, so I, went, I thought, oh, I'll go down there and do a pre-season. Dennis Pagan was the coach at the time. So I went down there. I lasted three weeks. Uh, like I said, I've come from doing whatever I wanted to 
10 400s, 10 200s, 10 100s, <laughs> and this <laughs> raving lunatic with curly head is screaming at me the whole time. I thought, I'll stuff this. This is, this is not for me. Um, so I, I just I just took off, and um, I got a phone call in 1991. I was playing senior footy at Noble Park. I was 17, 17, 18, 17, I think, at the time. Um, I was more than happy. I was getting a hundred bucks cash a game, which uh, back then was was money. big. Yep. and uh, I'd lose most of it on the Thursday night because they bring out the crown and anchor. But that's <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I got a phone call from Dennis Pagan. He said it was round five of the season. Um, he said, "Listen, son, come down and." Have a game with us, and I said, "No, I'm right, thanks, mate. I'm more than happy where I am." Um, <laughs> and he ran. He would have rang the house probably eight times, uh, just saying, "You know, you're a waste of talents. You, know, you should at least give it a go," and all this sort of stuff. And I said to my girlfriend at the time, now wife, I said, "I'm, I'm just going to get him. I'll play one game." Um, just to stop this lunatic calling the house all the time. <laughs> um, so I went down there with every intention. I trained on the t- Tuesday night. Um, didn't like it. I went down on the Thursday night without my training gear to tell him that I wasn't playing. Um, and he gave me a burst and said, um, just come down and play on the Saturday. Don't have to train tonight. Just come and play on the Saturday. So I yeah. went down. Oh, for God's sake. So I went down, played the game at Arden Street. I was a forward back then, so kicked a couple of goals, enjoyed the guys' company. Um, I found out that they were playing Sydney the week after. I'd never been, <laughs> Road on, a, trip. Never, ne- I'd never been on a plane before. <laughs> so I said to, the, said to my girlfriend, I'm actually going to play one more game because I want to go on this plane. So uh, the same thing happened. But, um, did okay, and I went, oh, I might hang around for a little bit longer. And, um, yeah, 17 years later, I was still there. That's so, uh, amazing. If it, wasn't, if it wasn't for Dennis's persistence, there's no way. I don't think I would have played one senior game. Um, and like Chuck said, I grew up in Noble Park, Danny Nong, you know, fairly rough area. I knocked around the fairly rough crowd. Um, my best mate from school died of a heroin overdose. A couple of mates went to mm. prison. Um, so the old sliding doors moment, I'd like to think I wouldn't have gone down that path, but who knows? So uh, yeah, if it wasn't for Dennis Pagan, it could have been anywhere. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, mate. Ludy? Arch, I'll, uh, I'll go away from footy for a second. Um, I've done a bit of intel today, and a person who I spoke to, a former teammate who, who might be involved with this story I'm going to ask you about, but um, I won't reveal any names. You are a city man, we know that, Chuck touched on that, but you are a country boy at heart. Now, I found out that you quickly bought, once you uh, were cashed up from footy, that you bought a property, a country property, and you're just down the outskirts of Melbourne there, and you're starting to have a few rabbit troubles, I was led to believe. Now, <laughs> as far as I know, you're, you're in a bit of a, in a car on the way out to this property with a couple of your former teammates, and you pulled over somewhere for lunch or something, and it just happened to be next to it. Next to a gun shop. Can you just talk me through what happened from there onwards? <laughs> yeah, well, a quasi country guy. I didn't know the country all that well, but I did. I was having problems with rabbits and ducks. <laughs> so the, I was, it was a new house, new garden. Had a pool, beautiful pool. Um, rabbits were eating my uh, menu plants. 
ducks were shitting all in my pool. I mean, I need to get a gun. <laughs> I need to pop a couple of these off. Um, so my whole plan was, I thought if I could pop a couple and just leave them hanging around the pool, maybe their mates would come and go, maybe we shouldn't be hanging around this joint. I love that theory. Bad idea. That is a great theory. I'm the same as you. You kill a magpie, leave it there, and they'll just, they won't come back. <laughs> yeah, but I went into the gun shop, and um, I, I thought I'd go with a slug gun. Uh <laughs> because they had neighbours and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I was with Anthony Stevens and, and Wayne Carey, ironically, and I made this stupid mistake of asking the guy behind the jump for a slug gun, and I said, do I need a silencer for that? And the, the, uh, <laughs> the two, Steve and Duck being country boys, just pierced themselves. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, hey, mate, I'm going to bring you back to football. And, and you know, you spoke about that the early days, the under-19s, and, and, and Dennis Pagan, and I suppose bringing that kind of core group through North Melbourne was a pretty special time. And then to win that flag in 1996, how how unbelievable was that, mate? And, and obviously Pagan being the coach as well. Yeah, obviously it's just surreal. Like, like I said, the way I actually entered into the team, didn't want to be there, didn't want to go there. No, no other coppers spoke to me. Uh, and then within four or five years, I'm standing on a, a dais holding the Premiership Cup. So it happened happened pretty quick. Um, but yeah, again, if it wasn't for Dennis Pagan, like we, we played a pre-season game. My first year was 92, um, and Wayne Schumbus was the coach. We went into 93. We played a pre-season game in Adelaide. We got beaten by 147 points. Um, Wayne Schumerbush, um got the sack after that, and then Dennis Pagan came in. And within round 10 of that season, season was sitting on top of the ladder. So obviously the, obviously the talent was there, but you just needed that one guy. And Dennis was the perfect person for us because we were, off the field, we were a little bit loose. Um, and... We were we needed some discipline, so he he definitely brought that to us, and uh, he he put it all together. He walked in, made Wayne Carey captain at 21 years old, which we were, we, all, we were all sort of shocked. It was, it was it was it was obviously the right call, um, and yeah, a few years later we we won the premiership, so it was uh, it was a bit of a whirlwind early. Unbelievable, Chuck. Back to you, buddy. Yeah. And a, and a Norm Smith medal to go with that. Yeah. I know you're a humble champion as well, Arch, but the Norm Smith medal, I, wa- I want to ask you about a word that is synonymous with yourself and whether it was always there, and you're probably sick of talking about it, but we all admired the way you played. You mentioned you started off as a Ford, uh, but most people listening to this will know about you being a courageous defender. The word is courage, and you won numerous awards for it. But just tell me, Arch, sitting in front of Tony Lockett when he's coming out and you're sitting in the hole, how did you ever think about it or did it not enter into your brain? You just you just did it. Yeah, it was bloody frightening. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and the, the, yeah, I won the Norm Smith medal that day. And when you, you know, obviously you go back to the club, you celebrate. I remember all the supporters saying to me, you know, you, you won the nonsense medal because you're so courageous. You got in front of Plugger and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Little did they know, I got told during the week that I was playing on Craig O'Brien. He was playing in the fourth yep. pocket. And Dennis Pagan said to me, 
I don't care what Craig does. You just, you've got to come off Craig O'Brien and get in front of uh, Plugger and help out Mick Martin, who was playing him. Because if Plugger kicks 10, we're gone. You know? We lose. Because yeah. he kicked 10 earlier that year on us, um, and we lost by 80 points or something to him. So I was a big visualiser of the game, so I spent a lot of time in my office at home closing my eyes, just trying to visualise things that were going to happen during the game, just so I could sort of mentally prepare for it. So I started mm -hmm. mentally preparing early that week, coming off my man, getting in the hole. And then I thought, you know, between Plugger and Mick, there's probably about 240 kilos. <laughs> yep. So if they hit me, it's going to freaking hurt. So, but I'll, I'll go speak to Mick. I said, Mick, this is the plan. Played on Craig O'Brien. I'm going to come off as much as I can. I said, mate, but for God's sake, if I get camped under it, You've got to tell Give me, me that when you just tell me when you're coming so I can brace myself. And in typical Mick Martin style, he goes, "Yeah, no worries, yep. no worries," you know. <laughs> and uh, so we get about ten minutes into that grand final. Ball gets kicked out of the centre. Um, all the visualisation kicks in. I leave my man. I'm standing in the hole. Can't hear nothing. Beautiful. I go to mark this, and oh. then smash straight in the back. I've got. Plugger and Shrek rolling all over me. And, uh, <laughs> and Plugger used to do, used to get my head and smash it into the ground and say, get out of the effing way. And so I get up and go, Nick, say something. And then with Nick, oh, next time, Mark, next time, next time. <laughs> and then five minutes later, I leave my man. Surely he's going to say something, nothing again. This time we've got half a rib hanging off. <laughs> Mick, say something. Oh, neck time, Mark, neck time. That's all I heard all day. Neck time, neck time. <laughs> so like those sets of the supporters that had nothing to do with courage. I, I just didn't know they were coming because Mick wasn't saying nothing. <laughs> uh, now, Arch, I would ask, I spoke to one of your former teammates today, uh, Darren Crocker, great fella Crocker. He's still heavily involved in the, uh, the Kangaroos. I know they love him down there at the club. He was telling me that uh, back in the 90s, uh, the Kangaroos signed a pretty lucrative deal with a big sponsor, which was Quit. Uh, you know, obviously Quit Smoking Campaign, all that kind of stuff. Any truth to the rumour that uh, you were rocking up the training the next morning after this massive announcement was made, uh, the Kangaroos signed with Quit for five years or whatever, multi-million dollar deal, and you're sitting at the traffic lights getting the last gasper in, and you look over the car next door, and it was Dennis Pagan steering you down. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> That was more frightening than the Tony Lockett saga. Um, <laughs> uh, so he wanted to kill me. You know, he didn't like smoking with the coach. But I, but I remember rocking up to this function with the quit campaign and the whoever was the big boss came up to me and said, oh, introduce himself and said, now Glenn, we want you to be the poster boy, you know, for, for the campaign. And I was like, I was on a pack of the day by then. Um, <laughs> I just—I had to be honest with you and say, mate, I don't think it's going to be a good look because uh, I do enjoy a fag every now and then. So um, I just had to be honest, and uh, they put oh. Corey McKernan in instead. <laughs> it was very similar, boys. Very similar when the great leg spinner took on the uh, give up smoking patches. That was always going to last yeah. a long time for the leg spinner as well. I would have thought. Yeah, <laughs> no I, good. I, I, 
I thought I was a good fagger until I played golf with Vaughn. My God, he's the best. Ludy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. back to you, big fella. Uh, Arch, while well, you're touching on Dennis Pagan, um, I know he's famous for his bluntness and down-the-line sort of attitude, but you must have some famous quotes or sayings that he's come across over the years or let out that you must just think back and laugh about. Oh, yeah. You could write a book about his sayings. And some of them I just didn't really understand. Um, like, yeah, but, you know, don't piss down me back and tell me it's raining. Um, <laughs> and these, one of these ones was... Um, you're like the girl with the curl. Uh, when you're good, you're very good. When you're bad, you're, you're very bad. One thing, the girl with the curl, I've got no idea about that one. Um, <laughs> you're like the barber's cat full of piss and wind. Um, <laughs> still don't know, I still don't know what it means. Um, I, rang, I actually rang Dennis a couple of weeks ago because he's a, he's a horse trainer now. Hey, you're going so super yeah. too with the caper. Don't worry yeah. about that. He's had a winner already and uh, a, play, a second placing, I think, and he's flying. Yeah, third. Yeah, but I rang him before his first race, um, just to wish him well. It was at it was at Flemington, and I said, "Can can uh, can people go to the races yet?" And he said, "No, no, son, no, you can't go to races. You know, sorts of trainers and the jockeys and all that sort of stuff." I said, "Oh, I'm spewing. I'd love to come because if that horse runs last, I just want to see you in the mounting yard with that jockey. You're going to rip his head off." <laughs> Imagine like, getting the no, bike. <laughs> And they say, oh, I've changed, I've changed. I'm thinking, no way. If, it, if, the horse, if you watch, if one of these horses runs last, make sure you're watching in the mounting up. That jockey was going to get killed. <laughs> uh, why, why, did he, why did he always say son? I mean, I know it was always in his vernacular and uh, obviously a, a, a really good, well, the biggest mentor in my life, as you know, was Johnny Scholes, who was a great mate yeah. of Dennis's and... <laughs> Spent a brief time down at the Kangas with you guys before his sad passing, but uh, he used to always come out with the Dennis sayings as well. And I, you know, I think he pulled one out about you're a bit like a show bag, son. You look good on the outside, but you're full of shit on the inside. Uh, <laughs> but why did Dennis always come out with everyone was son? Everyone. Yeah, I don't know. He, he still does it, and I still call him coach. I ring up. G'day, coach. G'day, son. I, I, I remember asking my uh, very brief uh, media career with Triple M at Boundary Ride. I had to ask a question post match in the presser to Dennis, and uh, I can't, it was some stupid, naive question, and he just looked at me and he said, Son, would you like to rethink that question? And his eyes, his eyes just burn a hole in me, and I just like. You know, I'd Captain Victoria and thought I knew me sport, and he just buried me, Archie. He just looked at me like I was a piece of... <laughs> yeah, but it, it was probably the... I thought I was a bad sport and competitive, but um, he took the cake. Like, he hated losing an intra-club game. You know, he, it was just all about winning. Had, had, well, that's why I want to get a horse with him because yeah. the, the, the horse will be fit and <laughs> going to win. It'll win. And, uh, I can see him telling the horse off. Well. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the way I just wonder. 
I just wonder, boys, when he's in the mounting yard, does he go and give it a pat on the hind quarter and say, come on, son, I reckon you can get it done today. I reckon he says that to the horses as well. <laughs> hey, now, Arch, uh, you, you mentioned your kind of business interests, uh, you know, and there's quite a few of them, and uh, they're, they're all bloody in hibernation, as you said at the start, which is shocking at the moment, but uh, hopefully they can get back up and going. But uh, another another thing, and you two boys mightn't realise this, but Arch is like the face of steel blue uh, safety boots. And uh, I might just play a little snippet of this, Arch. This is a little oh, bit of steel no. blue action uh, yeah. from the great Glenn Archer here. We like to give a puff up. Hi, Glenn Archer here down at Access Workwear and Safety. Come down, it's a fantastic store, fantastic staff, really good setup. And make sure you come in and see the steel blue stand, my favorite boots, the best boots in the world. Uh, but in all seriousness, they've done a really good job down here at Access Workwear and Safety and hope to see you soon. I love it, big fella. The old steel boots arch, and you get the handball comp happening. And boys, uh, he was at the field days uh, at the start of the year down here in the bull. And uh, might I say, uh, very hard to beat on the handball competition, do you, blokes? <laughs> yeah, no, I took on about eight, nine-year-olds. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't give him anything, boys. I'm not telling a lie. Like, we had that much shit to give away, and he made sure he beat every single one of them. The kids went crying back to mum and dad. Uh, well, that's, that's the problem with bloody parenting these days. A bit of tough love. If you want to win well, something, agree. Well, you're going to have to win it. Couldn't, a, couldn't agree more, Arch. Could not agree more. Now, um, can, can, I I just... ask, can I ask one more, just quickly? Like, uh, Croc reckons you went for a haircut. Uh, early days at the Kangas. Can you remember the haircut and uh, lovely, lovely young lady that asked you what you do and stuff? Oh, this is this way they bring Croc. That's his crap. I was actually it was Croc, Stevens. It? it was Anthony Stevens, and I was there. He's just trying to do reverse it over. But we 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 had a um uh, a clinic to go to out in Berwick, and so we were up standing on. Dunyong Road, stopped at Chadston for, to, for Steve O to get a haircut. And we were sitting there, I was sitting next to him, just reading the magazine while he was getting his, um, getting his haircut. And uh, the lady actually asked him, what do you do for a living? And Steve O said, oh, I play for North Melbourne, you know, one of, one of the greats. You know, <laughs> sort of himself up. And, you know, you get that sort of awkward pause for about five seconds and... And Steve said, and uh, and uh, what do you do for a living? And, uh, <laughs> he just held up the held up a pair of scissors, and I was like, oh. <laughs> so, and, so, <laughs> straight away, Steve said, "Don't tell anyone." I go, oh, Steve, I'm not going to tell you. I'm telling everyone. <laughs> that's, like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> They're the stories that we love most of all. Big fella, can I straighten up just for one serious one? Of course you can, yep. mate. Uh, and I think our listeners would like to know this. Uh, again, another one you've probably answered ad nauseum, but the hu- you've, you've spoken about your early days, but the absolute honour of being named the shin boner of the yeah. century, I know it would sit probably of the highest accolade you've ever received because I, we know your love for North Melbourne. Uh, it, was a, it was a rocky early start, but... Uh, to be named the shinbone of the century, when you go through names like David Dench and Keith Gregg and Wayne Schimmelbush and Malcolm Blight, the list goes on and on to the great Wayne Carey. But Glenn Archer from Noble Park and Lindale is the greatest shinboner of all time. Arch, tell us how that feels. 
Um, yeah, it's obviously very humbling and uh, something you just don't expect. Well, I didn't expect it. You know, when you rock up to awards nights, you've got a bit of a fair idea of who's going to win awards and or who will be close. And if you think you're going to be close, you know, you obviously think about it, going, yeah, it might be a chance. Um, that was a night that I rocked up and did not even cross my mind that I'd even be a chance, let alone be named um, Baron of the Century. Um, and it was pretty obvious on the night too because I didn't uh, get announced until 12.30. It was a real oh, no. long night. So I would, <laughs> you I had, had a few under the belt by then, Arch. Yeah. Shuffled a few down, had you? <laughs> I'd had a real good go at it. And, uh, <laughs> and it was getting very close to the announcement and I was sneaking out the back, you know, the old quick campaign. I was sitting out the back for a quick fag, and um, the guy in the door goes, "No, no, Glenn, you've got to get back to your seat." I said, "No, no, I'm just going to make a phone call, uh, just trying to hide like a little kid." He goes, "No, no, seriously, you need to get back to your seat." I'm like, oh, for God's sake! Went back, sat in my seat, and they go, and the uh, shimbo of the century is Glenn Archer. I start clapping. I couldn't really hear it properly. <laughs> And, and, uh, <laughs> the old clap yourself. They all thought, what a big head this bloke is. We thought he showed all the attributes and he's clapping himself. <laughs> and my wife's going, you idiot. I went, what? She goes, you won it. I went, oh my God. So <laughs> up and bumbled me way through a speech, which I was obviously not prepared for because I had no idea it was going to be me. So, But um, yeah, I want to... Not really into individual awards at all, but if I could pick one, that that was the one to be the award of that was uh, it was pretty special. Arch, can I can I ask who's the best player you've played uh, against and with, mate? Like, and I know you get asked this probably all the time and that, but who? Please, Matty, you're jumping you're jumping over me ten quickies with Chuck. Oh, but I'll oh, be oh, in oh. The end. That's all right. That'll, that'll take out question eight. I'll just put a line through it. <laughs> uh, the best player I played with is Wayne Carey by Street. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. There's him, and then a massive gap to the next one, which was uh, would be Anthony Stevens, Wayne Schwoss. Yep. Um and the best player I played against would be Tony Modra. Tony Modra mm. would have been the hardest player that I played on. Yeah, played right. on him in the height of his powers, about ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Where he kicked a hundred goals each year. Yep, and he was unbelievable. Kicked 10 goals on me one night at Footy Park wow. um, in 93. Took mark of the year just to rub it in so I could watch that for the rest of my life as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is he took three marks of the years and one was on me and two was on Mickey Martin. So he loved, he loved playing on. He loved playing against North. But uh, I was a few years ago now we played in that EJ Witten game. Yeah. And so me and Mick play for Victoria, um, Mods was playing for whatever they call the other team, um, and then after the game, when you go back to the Crown, and we're at the at the pub, they're having a few beers, me and Mick are having a beer together, and you can see Mods sort of making a beeline for us, and he comes uh, shuffling his way through the crowd, he gets to us and he goes, I've always wanted to see these two together. I just want to thank you for the cars. <laughs> <laughs> and then turn and around you and know, I, well, and I thought you were going to give us the real punchline then, Arch, and say Mickey Martin said, 
here we come, here we come, here we come, Roger's on his way. Uh, you know, um, Arch, you know that uh, Chuck played in one of those uh, EJ Witten Legends no, games. Silly. And, and, yeah, uh, I do remember. I remember watching Do that. you remember it? Yeah, because uh, yeah. I think he might have had a fresh airie from about 15 out. And... <laughs> it went something like this. Nathan Burke in the forward pocket handballs to Darren Berry, who runs into an open goal and doesn't even register a score. <laughs> can, can I just ask, Archie, you just mentioned, and I know you've probably been asked this a hundred times and you don't have to answer it, but is, is that bridge with Wayne Carey, is, is it, will it be ever mended? Like, you know, you said he's the greatest player you've ever played with and stuff. Like, is it, yeah. is it, is it mended already, Archer? Is it like, is there still some, some stuff to get through? Oh, it'll, it'll never be mended or get back to where it was. Cause yep. obviously we're, we're all best mates. Um, but it's a lot better now. So we, um, when you win a when you win grand finals, one of the one of the first things you think of is your reunion. So yeah. I can't wait for the reunion. So our, our ten year reunion was horrible for the ninety six and the ninety nine um, because yep. you know, ducks in one corner, Steve's in the other, and I'm with Steve, and there's tension and yeah, and it was it was really bad for for all of us, you know, and our teammates because there was just too much tension in the air. But uh, before the last one. Which was 2000, well, no, the 2016, the 20-year reunion. Um, I did catch up with Wayne in Bali actually, and had a bit of a chat with him. And then Steve, I caught up with him and uh, had a bit of a chat. But yeah, we'll, we'll never be back to where where it was. But at least it's all civil now. We can all be in the in the one room, and and everyone feels fine. Yeah, good stuff. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. Anything else, boys? Uh, no, I'll go me 10 quickies unless ludy has got a last question. I've got me little 10 quick ones, but you've taken three of them out, so it's seven quickies. <laughs> Come on, Lou. Surely Steve-O's giving you something else, Ludy. A bit more mail on uh, on Arch. You weren't, really, you weren't meant to re- reveal my sources, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to leave it there. I think we've uh, taken that up. Actually, I've got oh, one oh. more before we go to Chuck. So... Croc reckons, he reckons he had a punter syndicate and he said no funds have ever been distributed and he reckons you were heading up the charge. He wants to know where the oh, cash no. is, Arch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. 1999. Um, <laughs> and like this. I'm, there's still 700 bucks in the kitty. <laughs> and I a know, pair of steel blue often, boots. <laughs> I, actually, I often think about it, I go... 21 years ago, the <laughs> compounding interest on this is going to be big when we, when we finally get to spend it. <laughs> and he did say he reckons you uh, were the three-vote winner of the DNA on the footy trips each and every year. He said you were the very best at it. He said uh, he'd just be there at the start, he'd be there at the end. He was just BOG every single time. Uh, I think he think he might be talking about himself. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only won one down though, so I was, I was pretty disappointed with that. I tried my best though. <laughs> uh, let's do your ten quickies, Chuck, and we better do this. This is all thanks to a magnificent oh, yeah. motor vehicle. Oh, yes, the Nissan Warrior. It is a beast of a car, make no mistake about it. Clinton Bolsh in Warnable comes in a magnificent black, a grey, and they are walking out the door. They've got cracking deals as we speak. What do you drive, Arch? That Mazda, of course. Well, Bolsh owns yeah. Mazda as well, mate, so that's fantastic. Yes, that's awesome. 
Yes, we have five Mazdas at home. Oh. Yeah. So I've just got major a feeling, sponsor, boys. Major sponsor, the North Melbourne Footy Club. Of course, yes, <laughs> of course. Well, um, Mazda might look after Archer. I don't think Bolshe will, but the Nissan Warrior <laughs> would suit Archer, I reckon. A p- pretty tough sort of car, and uh, just like that quit campaign, I reckon we'll let that one go through to the keeper as well, that big fella. <laughs> Archer, we have a, we yeah, have no, a I quick... do like the Nissan. The Nissan's OK. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a quick bit of fun at the end of each uh, special guest, and we do thank you sincerely. And you've done these before. I'll just throw you a couple of names, and, and I'm, I've tried to make it hard for you. Nothing controversial, but... You've got to just give me a response. If you can't decide, you have 15 seconds to explain your answer. But uh, it's pretty easy. I'll start off with a very easy one. So I know as a kid you're actually barracked for Collingwood. Who did you enjoy beating more, Collingwood or Carlton? Collingwood. Wow. Who was a, who was a better player, Wayne Schimmelbush or Keith Gregg, both before your time? Wow. Um, oh. Oh, Shim will kill me living around the corner, but I think Keith Gregg. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, no. I, I like the because Keith Gregg was a dual Brownlow medalist and he was just magnificent. But Shimmer was a great player and I knew he was your first coach. So I, I wanted you to say Keith Gregg and uh, we'll make sure we get Wayne Shimmerbush on as a guest in the coming weeks. <laughs> um, who... Who is the most passionate North Melbourne supporter? And I know you love both these blokes, but you've got to choose Ricky Ponting or Peter Siddle. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely Ricky Ponting. And I'm telling you now, he's driving me friggin' mad during every game. He would he texts 38 times. <laughs> I swear, his, without exaggeration. He's sitting on the couch watching the game, throwing it out to you, Archer. So what are we uh, doing? He just smashes me. <laughs> I, I, I love thought him, he would. Someone takes a phone off him during the game. <laughs> uh, now, this is a very easy one, Arch, and I don't know the answer to this, but as a young boy growing up, uh, was it beer or spirits for Glen Archer? Definitely beer. Mm. Yeah. Definitely beer. Uh, what about now, Arch? No, still beer. Just just beer. I don't have any. And what's the go-to, beer. mate? What's the uh, the go-to beer? Well, I've just had a Melbourne bitter. Well, all then. Oh, Melbourne bitter. Yeah, it's become trendy. Melbourne bitter. Unreal. I'm a, I'm a bit of a Carlton Draft man, but I think Dustin always drank Carlton Draft, and Noble Park was Melbourne bitter. So that was the difference <laughs> up the road. <laughs> um, what was your favourite little horn, Dutch? I'll give you three options: the Castle in North Melbourne. I I run into you a couple of times in there. Uh, the the Walsing Matilda in Springvale South. <laughs> Or the Redback Brewery? Oh, I'll be the Redback, surely. Oh, no way. Lasers. Lasers at the Walsing Matilda in uh, Noble Park. Was, that, was, that was my favourite. <laughs> if, uh, if you couldn't find a that deal, was... you'd find a fight. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was Damien Fleming's local pub, boys, but he was too yeah. scared, Flem, to go there because <laughs> it was so rough. <laughs> uh, uh, Stewie stuffed me up with this one before But I still think it's a good question I know you're great mates with both of these people And very good friends with one of them Who is a better player? Yeah, a better player, not a better bloke A better player Anthony Stevens or Wayne Schwoss? Oh, tough one yeah. yeah, it is a tough one Different players, oh. I know 
Yeah, they, they are, but they're not in a sense, are they? You know, look, they were both kind of pretty hard at it. You know, uh, Schwader was more skillful. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but if I, oh, I don't know if they line up in the fence, I'd probably go for Steve. Yeah, if you had to pick someone, was more more skillful. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I thought you'd go, Steve. I, I love Wayne Swash, boys, and he? he's a Warrnambool boy, boy, isn't he? He absolutely <laughs> is, mate. South Warrnambool boy. Uh, and, uh, he said he was a great player, high marking, beautiful kick, could run. I, I love Swatter. I mean, Steve-O, you want Steve-O on your team. But anyway. Uh, just, just on, actually, just before you go, sorry, and I'll, this is a quick one without notice, Arch, but like, I've yeah. been to many a talk where Swassie's come down and spoken about his depression and all that kind of stuff, and, and he, he was battling his whole career. He'd have times where he'd go in, shut the door in the, the doctor's office and just break down and stuff. Were you guys at all aware of it, mate? Not at the time, but when you think back, like after the event, it was pretty obvious because we we lived near each other in Chadston, so we used to for about three years. So we used to go to training together uh, for well, every training session, basically. And when I think back now, yeah, there was a lot of trips in where he was. Uh, it wasn't. I was doing the talking, and he wasn't doing the answering. Um, yeah. He wasn't saying all that much, and when you know, just sometimes you see him. When I think back, you'd see him at his locker uh, a bit down, um, but hard to tell like, because some guys, when you're out of form, you sit at your locker and saying all that much. But when I thought back afterwards, I went, "Yeah, I can, I can see it now." Yeah, mm, good stuff. Uh, yeah. Plenty of people and good Stew. You've derailed seven quickies, but it was a, <laughs> a very, a very worthy discussion because uh, it is topical. At the moment, so I'll let you off for that one. Now, Arch, um, not many people will know what I'm talking about when I ask you this question. There's been some great Australian films over the time. Which one brought in more money, do you think? Crocodile Dundee or Blinder? (laughs) (laughs) Great show, Blinder, mate. Talkie Tigers. I've just Googled it and uh, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee just. Just kipped it? Just kipped it. I reckon it had Bad Boy Bubby covered though, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on to my favourite topic, cricket. Steve Steve War or Mark War? <laughs> oh, I think that's pretty similar to the Steve Ashwater one, isn't it? Um, it is, and I reckon I know where you're going to vote, but I'll let you vote. Yeah, I, I think I reckon Mark more, had more skill, um, but I'd, I'd be picking Steve. Mm. Tough. Uh, I knew you would. Reliability. You can see Archer's team boys assembling, can't you? Stevens, Archer, Steve War, and the pretty boys Wayne Schwash, Mark War. Those outside sort of stars. It'd be a pretty tough side, Archer's team. Now, I thought I'd trip you up with this one, but with your answer before, I don't think I'm going to trip you up at all. Bit self-indulgent because it was the my favourite player up against your greatest teammate. Uh, who was a better footballer, Gary Ablett Senior or Wayne Carey? Wayne Carey. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, again, okay. oh, it's a similar answer. Again, look, Gary Ablett was the freakiest player I've ever come across. Yeah. Um, and one of the strangest too. So, um, my my first of <laughs> my first of a training for Victoria was 1994, <laughs> so I was 21, 
And uh, Gary, I remember Gary walked into training late because he could. And uh, he walked in and said, it was like he had a beacon of light around him. It was like, oh, that's Gary Ever, bloody hell. And, um, so there was 30 of us training. He, he only knew Plugger's name and Gary Lyon's name and the rest of the rest of us he whistled at. There's <laughs> <laughs> no joke. He, had no, he didn't know anyone's name. He wasn't watching any so, games of footy or anything. I'd say, oh, nah, I've seen you. And boys, you probably, me, people probably think Arch is joking there, but obviously... You, you guys know I commentate the footy on K-Rock in Geelong, and guys like Tim McGrath and um, uh, all the old past players, Andrew Buse, all, all those guys said, hey, he didn't know any of his Geelong teammates, let alone his Victorian teammates. I'm very close to uh, Lee Colbert, one of my best mates, and obviously he played yep. with Gary for a long time. And he, he told a story that when the uh, Australian Wallabies were flying, you know, with uh, David Campese and, and whatnot, they, they were sponsored by Ford, Geelong was sponsored by Ford. They did this sort of mixed marketing thing down at Cadenia Park. So um, they what they did, they lined up a, a Wallaby with one of the Geelong players for to, you know to do a bit of a warm-up so they can get some photos and all this sort of stuff. And uh, David Campisi gets lobbed with Gary Ablett, obviously, and uh, they get halfway through the lap and they're having a stretch and... Gary, oh no! <laughs> Gary goes up to Colby and goes, "Who's this bloke following me around?" David can't beat He goes, "Well, who is he and what's he doing out here?" Who's <laughs> <laughs> gold in that? Seriously, uh, I'll, re- I'll rephrase it then because we know your your Wayne Carey is up on the uh, pedestal. So I'll just rephrase that one, Gary Ablett. Yeah. Or Tony Modra? Oh, uh, Gary Ablett. Yeah. Okay. Thank oh, you. Yeah, and my yeah. last one, Arch. My, my last question in 10 really long, drawn-out, long-winded questions with Chuck is, um, <laughs> and this is just your answer, who was your sporting hero as a kid? Oh, my sporting hero was obviously, it was always just cricket and football, so... Uh, Darren Mullane was my football hero. Yeah, right. uh, another another Noble Park boy. Yeah, uh, yep. and my cricket hero was Dean Jones. Really I loved, yeah, I loved Dean. I love Jonesy too. He was a freak. He didn't get much of a crack there for a while, did he? Something, not, so, something was happening. Wasn't a chuck with the selectors well, or something? He couldn't what? get in. Well, I was going to say we'll get Dino on as a special guest, but now Glenn Archer said that I don't think we can, to be honest, because. <laughs> The one thing about Dean Jones, guys, he gets a bad rap, and I mean, I've I've had I've been close with him, and then not close, and I'm close again now. But the one thing, boys, I really admire about Dean Jones, he's very loyal, very loyal. A lot of people don't know that, and I'll tell you why. He fell in love with himself at a very young age, and he's remained loyal ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he listens to this podcast, he ain't coming on in a couple of weeks, I don't reckon. So. <laughs> we'll get him on. I've told that at 20 sportsmen's nights with him, and he punches me every time. So, uh, he was a great player. Uh, great uh, stuff. Magnificent. Uh, I'd love, particularly his one-day uh, stuff there for a couple of years. He was just taking on everyone. I loved it. He revolutionised uh, it, I reckon, at the time, didn't he? Just uh, yeah, he was he brilliant, did. brilliant. 
Hardest trainer, hardest trainer I played with. He's running between the wickets. He he did revolutionise it. He, he whinges to say that if T20 was around, he would have been a multi-millionaire player, which he would have because he was before his time, guys. He was fit. He trained harder than any of us, and he did things at training that no one else could do, and that's probably what made him the champion that he was. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Art, we've gone on longer than we should have. Stewie, you might watch I... the bid farewell, but... Uh, uh, thank you so much, Arch, from my point of view, and apologies for my first shit question about North Melbourne. Um, I wish you and the club all the best, but I'll let Stewie say goodbye. Hey, yeah, uh, Chuck, we're going to keep. I want to keep Arch on because uh, Arch, you, you would have had a few, you know, footy injuries over the journey. Uh, do you do many hamstrings? Oh, I, I never done a hamstring while I was playing um, in the <laughs> AFL, but when I when I finished, I played about six local games with mates and. Four six hamstrings. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. well, this gets on. And Ludi, uh, you might like to chime in here, but uh, off air, Chuck was telling us a very oh, funny sporting highlight uh, over the last couple of days with his young daughter. Uh, yes, we were going to let Glenn go before we told this shit. No? Nah, I want to. I want to hear what? it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it again too. Actually, Arch. <laughs> but, well, very quickly. Uh, I've had a pretty ordinary week, Arch, unfortunately, uh, uh, just a bit of a family tragedy, but uh, I'm dealing with that. And yesterday, I thought the sun was out. You know, I've got to get out and do some exercise in this isolation. And I've got a 16-year-old daughter who's going pretty well with a netball, and she wanted to do a, a few sprints down the athletics track. You probably know where it's going. In my entire career, Arch, behind the stumps of Victoria, I never, ever did a hamstring in my whole life. I never even thought about it. Uh, probably not in the peak of fitness arch at the moment. And I went down with the daughter and she was doing some um, fart leg training, you know, and, and I was like the pace about 50 metres in front of her and just tried to edge her to keep up with me. But I was just jogging, you know, doing what... Got to the end of the session and she said to me, Dad, how about we do one 80 metre sprint together and I want to see if I can beat you. And I said, Jordan, I'm 50 years of age. I'm unfit. It's no contest. Of course you'll beat me. But the competitive spirit came out and I thought, there's no way she's going to beat me over 80 metres. These little fat legs can still go. (laughs) So with no warm-up whatsoever, Arch, I've taken off and I'm leading her by at least two metres in the first 10 metres until somebody at the athletics track got out that slug gun that you bought and shot me in the right hamstring, and I'm doing I'm doing this podcast standing up because I can't sit down. I reckon I've torn, torn it off the bone. There's a lesson: don't run. Don't and don't take on your 16 year old daughter when you're 50. Simple as 50 that. 50 years of age, out of condition, no warm up. It's a stupid thing to do. That's what it was. Hey Arch, we absolutely love having you on, mate. Uh, you are a superstar on the field and also off it. Uh, ripping fella and uh, everyone that ever comes into contact with you, mate, they all say the same. You're an absolute champion and uh, as Chuck said earlier, shin boner of the century. That's the best honour I reckon anyone can get uh, bestowed on them, that is for sure. And we appreciate your time on our little podcast, mate. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. Cheers. Great stuff. Great stuff. Glenn Archer, our special guest. All thanks to Clint Bolshan, the Nissan Warrior in Warmby. You can find him on Facebook. And uh, what a ripping fella is Glenn Archer. Boys? He's awesome, wasn't he? He's he's a good man. I love watching him play. Um, Hard on his sleeve. And what kind of guy you'd love to have as your teammate? Uh, No doubt about that, boys. I was just thinking, as Stewie, you were signing off there,
And, I mean, I know we've had some big guests. We have had some big guests. But it's a bit of a common theme. We've actually got really good people on, haven't we? Because, yeah, definitely. I mean, Arch is universally loved. Let's be honest, Murph Hughes was universally loved. John O'Brown is probably, you know, if you, everyone's favourite. People didn't like playing against him. But we've sort of got a bit of a common theme that we've had really good people on. Um, I mean, apart from Chad Sayers, which we had to start off early with a bit of a sort of a low. But, but we need to actually get a couple of shit blokes on. I think we've got three here, haven't we? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. We've got us three. Hey, now listen, we missed this last episode. I can't, when we, when we sat there with Merv a few weeks ago, we were meant to come up with Warnable's top 10 sporting athletes because there's been oh, yeah. so many superstars come through this little town of ours and uh, Chuck you threw out the challenge to Ludie and myself yes. and this uh, is your domain boys you it, do this this is our domain there's a lot of our listeners that might not know or give two shits about Warnable but it is a magnificent little part of Victoria on the end yep. of the Great Ocean Road. And, uh, Ludie, I'm going to throw to you first, big fella. Um, you can go. I'm, I'm going to go work back from 10 to 1, and I want you to do the same so you can kick us off, big fella. Right, Ash, Jimmy, I'll do that. Uh, firstly, I want to say uh, there's going to be a fair few disappointed people here because I haven't gone down. Everyone will just think footy path. I have not gone down the footy path at all. Yeah, that's good. Really? That's good, mate. Because I think at the end of the day, there's 18 clubs, 40 on a list, 800 AFL players. It's... Yes, you're in the spotlight, but it's relatively easy to do in the scheme of elite athletes. Good. Okay. So, number 10, Val Bertrand. Oh, yeah, superstar. Now, Chuck, this is going to mean nothing. Nothing to you, mate. I'm I'm writing these names down, boys. I'm going to write both of you 10, and then, if you don't mind, as an outsider, I'm not going to know, out of your 10 ludes and Stewie's 10, I'll give you a... Uh, an outsider's perspective of the top five. How's that sound? Love it. Absolutely right, love right. it. Val Bertrand, rower, just, superstar, legend around team. Rower, had, the, had a Guinness Book of Records for the 100-mile single skull record in 1973, Chuck. Just I'm, for your information. I must it, admit, not one down, that I thought you. of, and I, I, I feel bad now. That's a good call. Well done, Ludie. Michael Lynch. Yep. Cyclist at the 1984 LA Olympics. Yes. Cyclist. No, I don't. Fantastic. John at number eight. Number eight, John Chittick. Ooh. 1954, 110-metre hurdler. What the hell? Gee whiz, you've got Olympics. right into the archives. At number seven, Margaret Sumner. One oh. bronze medal with the Commonwealth Games, Lawn Bowls. Oh, absolute yes. superstar, Marg. On and off the bowls green. She's a ripper. Lawn Bowls. Lawn Bowls. Number six, Brownlow medalist. Paul Couch. Yeah, Couch. Mm. Got to go in, Couch. Gee, if you've got him at number six, Ludy, I'm telling you, because I'm interested now. Paul Couch at number six. Bloody hell, must be a good top five. Mm. I've, I've told you I've gone very hard on football. Yep. Because that is our... That is our Bread yeah, and butter. Our in Warnable area. That's yeah, That's just a given. Number five. Now, this will, this will, this will turn a few heads. Uh, Francis Frank Allen. Stewie, do you know who he is? No idea. Ludy, you're not feeling embarrassed now. You're going to fill me in. Now, he is famous for his kangaroo celebrations after he took a wicket. He played one test for Australia. Wow. And from really? Warnable. In 1878. There you go. Oh, 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 God Come on, Ludy. You're God the only one. Who did he play for? Craft, Ellensford, what? He actually did play for Ellensford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crikey. 
Looney was the only one that was born at the same time. And I've been in the I've been in the Ellensford club rooms, and they do not have a photo of him on the wall. That's a disgrace. Francis Allen, 1871. Pull your finger out there, Robbie McCluggage, and get a picture up of him. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, Max Dumsney. Oh, yeah, Max. Australia's number one sprint car driver for a number of years. Drove NASCARs in America. And they've got the Mount Mount Max named after him at Premier Speedway. Correct. He is, as far as racing terms go, he's elite in Australian racing. Good call. I'm loving these names, boys. It's been a bit obscure for me. I'm writing them down and learning a bit about the warnable history. I like it. <laughs> right, Ludy. What number, number three. Are you up to? Number three, yep. Number three, Jonathan Brown. Brownie comes in at three. Gee whiz, there must be two superstars above him. Yes. Full of fame, obviously. Number two, Michelle Ferris. Oh, yes. Good call. 1996 silver medalist. At the Olympic Games, 2000 Olympic silver medalist. You get silver at the Olympics, you're bloody good at what you do, and you're very high up there in world rankings. Yep. Sorry, Luz, Michelle Ferris, what, silver medal in what? Uh, cycling. Cycling. At the Velodrome, big fella. Uh, not out of years. Who was um, who was her follow used to be there? They had a great rivalry there for a long time, Ludes. Um, uh, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it'll come to for me. For some reason, i got... For some reason, I got Joe Anna in my head, but I don't think that's right. Yeah. Um, number, number one. Number one. Oh, you've gone the same number one as have, me. Yep. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if you don't have Mark Leishman at number one. Yep. I'm with you. I'm not going to give mine away, but uh, we're very similar. Okay. Very, very similar. All right. Okay. There's a couple of, for me, a couple of yeah, notable omissions, but I'll hold. Right. Hold till. Hold till. Can I, yeah. I thought Stewie would go more football. I just want to. Do you want me to. Say my honourable mentions. Yeah, I real honourable mentions. I've got Jordan Lewis, stiff, but I've, I've marked footy quite harsh. As I said, I've got mm. Ted Collins. Mm. You know what Ted Collins does? Yeah, but motorbikes. I've actually got him at number ten, yep. mate. There you go. Yep. Wayne Schwoss. Yeah, got him mm. in more. Dennis. Dennis Dalton. Yeah, bowls again. Yep. Kelly McMillan Snowden. Oh yeah, swimmer. Another swimmer, Chuck. Yeah, and that's my no, that's my honourable well, mentions. I'm going to go from ten and Ted Collins. Right just mentioned him, young kid on the up. Mark that name down, Chuck. Uh, you will Ted see Collins. him at Phillip Island winning an Australian Grand Prix in the next four years. Goes to Warrnambool College, young kid, good young kid. I've got Nathan Sobey at number nine. He's one that's oh, uh, basketball, <clears throat> basketball, and of course, uh, you know, he's represented Australia uh, at the elite yeah, that's level. A good call. Um, you know, that good is a call. fantastic effort, especially when there's only kind of ten players in a basketball team. I reckon that is an absolute brilliant effort, and uh, still yep. got plenty of years left in him as well, Sobey. Uh, as I just lose my phone, they've got uh, Trevor Gleeson. He's won six flags at the Perth Wildcats as a coach. He's coached all around the world. Has to go in. What a great sporting was achievement. That, uh, was it, hang on, was it top 10 athletes or top 10 coaches? I can't no, remember. No, top 10 just sporting exports from Warrnambool. Like, he's a coach. Oh, that is a fantastic effort. Uh, Wayne Swass. Wayne Swass goes in for mine. Uh, what a champion. Uh, Wayne Swass was absolute superstar. Leon Cameron. Is uh, the next oh. one. He goes in at number six. Uh, what a fantastic career Camo had. Now making the coaching uh, circles as well. I think he is a superstar. Paul Couch comes in at number five. Brownlow medalist. You cannot leave Couch yet. Jordan Lewis goes in at number at four. four. 
four-time premiership Can't... player. Absolute oh, you... ornament oh, of the game. 300 and whatever games, Lewis. Unbelievable record. Uh, number three, Michelle Ferris. I didn't think you'd uh, kind of go there, Ludy. I, I thought it might be a little bit before your time, but uh, Michelle went to school, same kind of age. Michelle, she's a superstar, and uh, that was an amazing effort. Number two... Jerry, can I just, sorry to butt in, but the only reason I put her in is I, I knew about her. Is I actually remember as a kid coming home on the school bus and at night ending around her, and there would be a car driving around with the boot up, and there was a pole sticking in the boot, holding the, 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 the actual boot up. And she would be at the back of the car riding her bike with her coach driving the car. Yeah. I remember seeing her do that Unbelievable. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Trained her absolute butt off and uh, reached it at the elite level. Jonathan Brown goes into number two, boys, for me. Uh, what a superstar. On off the field. He's done everything. He's forging a, a magnificent media career as well. And number one. Mark Leishman, he's done it on the world stage, not just in his own country. He's uh, mm. he's in the top fifteen in the world golfers, uh, which when you think about uh, how many good golfers there are in the world, and he's you know in the top fifteen of the best, uh, that is unbelievable. Pretty good yeah, name right in there. Uh, I must admit, big fellow, I thought you might have slipped Tim Ludum in at number ten, but you didn't sneak Actually, him I, in at I the did, top. I did have him in there. Don't worry, I just juggled a few around late, uh, but I did, Ludy. I did have you in there. You're probably sitting at about in Mike Sheen's top fifty. Probably sitting at about thirteen or fourteen, mate. Yeah, you're too kind. Right, right. <laughs> this this means absolutely nothing now because I don't know enough of the history. This is just as an outsider listening to the names that you guys have thrown up, um, and I'm going to go from five to one. Yep. At number five, and uh, with a little bit of bias, I suppose, he won a Brownlow medal. We met him at the uh, Warnable races. He kicked the footy into Chad Sayers' head, and unfortunately, his tragic passing. But I loved him, and an AFL legend. I've got him ahead of a few others. But I'm having, and again, it's only my five, Paul Couch at number five, if you don't mind. Yep. I'm happy with that. Ludy, you're happy with that? Happy. Okay, at number four, only because of the obscure nature, I've slipped this bloke in because I I had to get a cricketer in and, and I was waiting for you guys to give me a cricketer. And just to put Allensford on notice, uh, in 1871, playing a, playing against Tim Ludeman, who was playing for Nettles back then. With lefty right. At, at number four, uh, we're putting Francis one test Allen, and I hope he's a real person, uh, in at number four. Good on you, Francis. Number three, number three, because you both had this uh, female athlete in the top five, so if you've both got her, I'm uh, listing Ferris Bueller's day off at number three. <laughs> Michelle Ferris Bueller at number three. And just to cause a little bit of controversy, because you both had the great Mark Leishman in there at number one. And he is a superstar, and he's been on our show, but I've dropped him back to number two <laughs> on my list. <laughs> to have the greatest ever warnable sportsman, and if anyone wants to argue, I'll send him around to your place and tell you that <laughs> Jonathan Brown is number one on my list. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. There you go. And people, if you want to get involved, 
Let us know on our socials who you think might have been stiff to miss out. Uh, yeah, drop us a line. Let us know. It's as simple as that, yep. isn't it, boys? And next week we'll have Alan. Well, next week we'll have Allensford. Allensford's top ten <laughs> cricketers. <laughs> hey, beat some good players out there too. Hey, before we go, I want to ask about your Saints, Chuck. Uh, bit of a letdown oh. last night against the Cats, mate. I saw you were pretty active on Twitter. Yeah, no, pretty poor by me last night. I think I was probably more upset with my hamstring injury. <laughs> and uh, it, it's nothing worse as a shit-out supporter. We've had a pretty good month for Saints, and I've been really impressed. But you know what I'm like. I called as I see it. Probably shouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, I criticised one or two of the players. That's shit-outs from me. So not good enough. <laughs> I'm going to withdraw those comments. But crikeys, didn't the Cats just make a mess of the Saints last night? Like, we can, we can, look tired. Yeah, but coming off a four-day break, mate, it's pretty tough. It's an unusual season. Can I just say, um, four years ago, so the, the very year before uh, Richmond won their first flag, I made up a Facebook page... Uh, to get rid of Damien Hardwick at the time. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I made up a Facebook page and I still cop it every now and then. A few people send the screenshot. Uh, he's won two out of three since I put that Facebook page together. And Facebook actually sent me a notification, said uh, this page hasn't been active for a few years. Do you still want to keep it? Ah, <laughs> uh, circus. Uh, I copped a bit last night. I'm, I'm in debt. Dan Butler, for me, has been St Kilda's... I reckon he's been the greatest recruit since Fraser Gary and uh, Aaron <laughs> Hamill. Uh, but last night, unfortunately, he went into witness protection uh, at the Gabba. He used to do that <laughs> a bit at the Tigers, we, mate, too. Don't worry. We did not see our old the Butler last night, but I still love him. Uh, and uh, I just... I think Tim Membry and old Doogie Howser, Dougal Howard, I think them two need to just pull up their socks for the next round. That's all I'll say. And what about Hill, mate? Uh, he was kind of non-existent too. Uh, he's... Yeah, I think... Yeah, there's a few that can lift a bit, but you're going along no, not too been, bad. Been a bit up and down, hasn't he, Hill? Hey, uh, Lou, have you got impersonation, mate? Have you been working on anything in isolation? Uh, I actually haven't because I've got a day job now and uh, that's taking up a lot of my time. But uh, I thought uh, I might be. I used to be able to do Jim Owen back in the day. I could give him a crack. Yes, do Jim Owen for us, mate. Jim Owen, righto. <laughs> Right. I actually I stood next to May Race Carnival. I settled up there in uh, the cubicle, just underneath the old grandstand there, the toilet close to the marquee there, boys. And uh, I kind of looked to my right and I looked to my left, and he was Big Jamal and uh, standing and settling up beside me. And uh, we had a bit of a chuckle and uh, shared a bit of a laugh and had a bit of fun. He's a good lad. And what did he say, Ludy? When when Stewie bowled up next to him, what did Jamal have to say? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Stuart asked him for a joke and he said, Isn't it funny how you're driving around the countryside and you see those chimneys just standing there? I guess it's a cold reminder where the fire should have been. Should have been in the chimney, not all around it. (laughs) 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 Actually, I've just got... This is funny, right? So just talking about settling up the next one. uh, Someone next to, you know, the toilets and that. This is a live... This is live commentary. You'll appreciate this, Chuck. Okay, I think this was uh, one of the finals about three or four years ago in Hamden League Live. And uh, have a listen to this, okay? There's a big recruit for Warnable. He's about six foot five. His name was Pete Corridig. And just have a listen to this for live radio. Corridig takes a good mark. Dr. Peter Corridig 
He actually don't realise how big he is. I stood next to him downstairs before in the toilets, but he's just... That's how big he is. <laughs> but I meant to say, he's just a big man. Like, right. Six foot five. Joel Garner. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in the cubicle or what area? <laughs> Oh, that is a funny, that is live radio at its best. Chuck, that's how things can happen. Uh, we love that type of stuff. You just trip over, and uh, we love that. So that wasn't bad. That's the first impersonation Ludie's done that didn't sound like Dennis Kennedy. <laughs> it didn't sound like Jamal either. <laughs> that's all right. Chuck, uh, you just have to try to lay down in your bed tonight with your hammy, mate. <laughs> Go and uh, ice up. Hey, boys, I great show. Great show. Now, please like our podcast, share it, do whatever you want to do. If you're in isolation in Melbourne, we are thinking of you, we are feeling for you. Um, it's yeah, a tough thanks, old boys. time, tough old time for Victoria at the moment. And uh, even when the Darwin Cup kind of, you know, for next year's kind of been put on the back burner, uh, 18 months they're saying uh, lockdown of the borders up there in uh, the Northern Territory. I think it's going to be a long couple of years for us, Vix, isn't it? Uh, we need the May races. That's I've got that in my diary <clears throat> already, the May races. Please keep that alive. And Stewie, as we go tonight, it has been a great show. Glenn Archer's sensation. We've gone a bit longer than we should have. Uh, I just hope in the studio that you push the record button tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, I have. And we're going to go out with a, a golden oldie for you blokes. First one to name this song. On the bank of the river, running This reminded me of your little camping trip, Chuck. Oh, yeah, a lot of running Hey, see you, boys. Indian made little white dove was a her name. Such a lovely sight to see. But their tribes fought with each other, so their love could never be. Running bear, love little white dove, with a love big as the sky. Running bear, love little white dove, with a love that couldn't die. He couldn't swim the raging river. Cause the river was too wide He couldn't reach Little white dove Waiting on the other side In the moonlight He could see her